Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Starving Writers Guild podcast. Now, why just that? Well, it's because I decided the name was way too long, and you know what? It's kind of redundant after a while. So we're just going to be the Starving Writers Guild podcast from now on. Now, I may change that later on. Who knows? I'm a very fickle person. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Any other news for the podcast that I can think of? Uh, no, nothing else. Um, I also changed the... Uh, the Twitter name as well, just to the Starving Writers Guild podcast. Um, you can find us there. Uh, you can also find us on Spotify as well. <clears throat> now, uh, on to other matters. Uh, what have I been watching? Well, uh, I have finished Ultraman Ginga and Ultraman Ginga S. Gotta say, that's the revitalization that Ultraman needed in that period of time where uh, Subaraya was basically almost uh, bankrupt. <clears throat> you got a very nice... Uh, fun additions to the cast, uh, definitely Ultraman uh, Taro as uh, a mentor figure, really appreciated that. Uh, Ginga being an Ultraman from the future was something that was like, oh, I didn't see that coming, but I'm glad. Uh, it makes sense, too. And I really still love the, the Spark Doll idea, Spark Doll idea of <clears throat> having these little dolls of the Kaiju and Ultraman around and you know, using them to summon different avatars. It's like, no, that's fun. I mean, in a way that uh, the Ultra Galaxy uh, monster battle, whatever, <laughs> mega fight, blah, 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 kept doing. It's like, oh, that was a fun concept to introduce in that way. <clears throat> so it makes sense when Ginga uh, it reintroduces the idea. Now, I'm also in Ultraman X right now. Uh, and i got to say, I'm uh, really enjoying this too. Even though uh, I have seen a lot of people compare it a lot to Ultraman Max, which, if you'll remember, I wasn't really that big on when... Uh, when I was watching it, and I see some of the comparisons, but I'm enjoying it way more. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, so I'm almost done with that, and I believe Orb is the one after this, if I'm remembering correctly. So looking forward to moving on from that. Uh, these are 25-episode seasons uh, from now on are extremely helpful. I mean, sometimes you know, it can be a little bloated when you get to 50-plus episodes. So, yep, that's it for Ultraman. Uh, I have also, I just finished last night, a School Rumble. Now, School Rumble is an older anime. And the fact that I have to say older when it's from 2006 kind of <laughs> makes me feel old when I already feel old. This is definitely one of those series that I, I never would have picked out on my own. Uh, I The only reason I started it is because there was a podcast I was looking forward to starting later on who was covering it. So I like to finish the series before I actually start listening to the podcast. That way, you know, I can understand, you know, if I care about what they're talking about, that is, um, <clears throat> what's going on. And School Rumble was definitely a lot of good fun. Uh, got a really good, nice cast of quirky characters, you know, just going through their everyday lives and the wacky hijinks that ensue. You know, very slice of lifey, you know, uh, amped up to 11. So I definitely recommend School Rumble. I mean, I'm not that big on the ending because apparently I mean it was one of those things where they outran the manga as well and then they decided for the third season which only like two episodes uh, that um, <clears throat> they were just gonna rush everything and I wasn't really big on that but at the overall I, I'd say it's worth the experience so uh, we will have a very special episode today of a double manga episode because uh, like 
I've been Mission 4, I've just had less and less time to record, so unfortunately those episodes fell to the wayside, so here we are. I'm also probably going to have to pause this recording about halfway through, <clears throat> uh, because I'm recording this in the morning, which, if you know anything about me, is completely unusual, because normally I am very much asleep right now, uh, due to the lateness of my job, so I may do a little intro-outro for that as well. When it happens eventually, we'll deal with that when the time comes. Uh, if that happens, I mean, uh, who knows, it may blaze through everything. Now, uh, we were starting this week in Ayashiman, uh, Chapter 8. Don't tell me it's in bad taste. So we start with Maro, uh, Maruo uh, facing off with Dopo. Uh, Maruo says, ooh, I know what this is. It's that ritual duel thing. And Dopo says, oh, no, no. Those are just the Suzumi drums because there's something playing in the background. Uh, kind of hard to tell. You know, when you're just looking at a picture. Uh, inside of the range of the drum sound, we can do whatever we want. Nobody outside can perceive it. I'm not going to start a ritual duel with some mere human thug. I won't remove my mask. I won't say the words. That is, This is more than enough for you. Uh, Ten tries to get Maro away to run away, but Maro rushes up against Dopo. <clears throat> he says, hey, no dodging. You'll make me wreck it of the building. Just eat it like you did before. Like, seriously? Why does a yokai like me have to deal with bother with some stupid brain-dead fistfight? As we see, flames emit from Dopo's uh, feet and legs. And Dopo says, uh, fire? Another fire, you okay? You're what, the third one now? <laughs> Calling up. But the fire has been turned into this freezing cold. As Dopo says, yet my flame doesn't generate heat. It steals it. I can turn you into a meat popsicle whenever I want. If you think it's just any old street ball brawl kid, you're dead wrong. Ayashimon fights are on a whole other level from mere human ones. So I've got to admit, as he kicks Maruo down, I do like me some human methods. I don't tell me it's in bad taste or whatever. It's just not my aesthetic. My violence has purpose to it. Right now it's to instill fear in that girl, supposed to see Urata. See, try to torture someone for info and sometimes they can take it. On the flip side, they could be so weak they die on you. But torture is someone's friend in front of them, ah, then they'll start blabbing right away. As he creates ice and smashes it into Maruo again, like causing him to bleed out. Oh, geez, that must hurt, they think. What's that device they use? What's that device used for? They're going to do that to me later, aren't they? Get them thinking that, and most people's spirits will crack like ice. But Maro picks himself off off the ground, tries to hit Dopo again. Says, geez, beat on a guy, why don't you? But all the blood helped warm me back up. Now it's my turn. And he actually punches the uh, left side of Dopo's face, but he just smiles at him. Says, sorry, all that strength you're so proud of, it doesn't mean squat to me as he regenerates all the damage and blows a blast of uh, cold breath on Maruo. Did you know that if you freeze a part of the human body, it'll never get its full function back even after you thaw it? It's because the water in cells expands as it freezes, shredding all the cells' walls and messing them up bad. I'm going to make sure you never, ever want to set foot in Kabukicho ever again, little rat, because you'll be too scared of the Enma Syndicate. I'm going to make you fearless and burn the trauma into your little heart forever, right here and now. Robert thinks, not only does Maro have precious little experience dealing with the Ojutsu in the first place, Dopo's on an entirely different level. What do I do? Should I leave now on my own? Maro is only an expendable pawn. I can find a new one. She thinks, Dispendable, disposable pawns, they don't. But then she brings out something. Uh, it's a sheathed dagger. <clears throat> and Dopo says, oh, what's that, a dagger? Does this little rat actually have some hidden fangs? She's thinking, why am I not running? What am I doing? She says, uh, uh, of course I do. 
<clears throat> as we get a flashback to her talking with Hashihime, who says, Miss, from now on you must live on your own. I'm afraid it'll, it'll be difficult for me to come check on you as I have before. That's why I must give this to you. In order to keep your identity hidden, your true power was sealed inside that dagger. If you ever find yourself in an emergency, draw it. There will be a risk in doing that, of course, but you'll regain the power that's your birthright as an Oni. And in the present, she says, sharper ones than you'd expect. As she uh, almost unsheathes it, is it, but before she can, Dopa says, you girl, you're his daughter, aren't you? As it kind of flash steps almost in front of her. And he starts crying, making the girl go, what? But then he walks away and says, boys, shoot that girl. And he's, they try to say, like, well, she's Chairman Kyo's daughter, we can't do that. But then he says, that means she's a nobody. She's not worthy of officially inheriting anything. He abandoned her because she was hidden away. But Marwa steps up and goes up to a prote uh, protector and says, I told you don't go touching her like that. Dupa says, look, kid, I respect your loyalty, but we're having a conversation here. I don't have time to play with you. But Marwa smiles. He says, Loyal loyalty, what do you mean? This is gratitude. So far, all the fights I've been in have been half-assed in some way. The other guy was weaker, thinking some other stuff, or had a wall land on him. But you, you're strong. You're a total scumbag, and I get to fight you. I'm so happy I don't know what to do with myself. This is perfect, elder sister. You sure know how to pick them. This is definitely a final boss kind of fight. It'd be a waste to lie around, chilling out. Let's keep going. I want to fight more. <clears throat> I move on there to, to uh, chapter 9, which is over my dead body. So Marwo has been beaten right as soon as he said that. And Dopa says, how many times do I got to say your punches mean nothing before you get it? Anyway, sorry, girl, but I can't let you live. I'm going to have to off you. But uh, Marwo gets up and starts saying, ora, ora, ora. Uh, punching uh, Dopa over and over again. Ten tries to get Orara away. But Dopa uses some of his uh, jutsu to create a blizzard around them, uh, causing Orara's knife to be taken away in the midst of the wind. And he says, this knife is mine. Now you die. But Maro hits him from behind, destroys his head. But he regenerates again. So would you quit already, kid? You're starting to piss me off. It creates a, a block of ice that falls right out over Maro. But Maro punches out of it. And then says, hey, hey, big sis, is big bro really human? And Rara says, he just really likes manga. <laughs> As he's thinking, I, I love manga. Especially battle manga. I love watching their protagonists fight. I want to be the main character in a manga someday, so I train. It's not because they're good guys. There are awesome anti-heroes out there, too. It's not because they're strong, either. There's nothing cool about punching people weaker than you. It's because they don't lose. They never give up, no matter who they face. They don't turn evil, no matter what they go through. As we see a flashback again of him and his father, him being beaten and abused by his father. If they fall down, they always get back up. The harder they get beat down, the more they see themselves overcoming their obstacles. No manga ever ends with the protagonist losing. I want to be like them. I don't want to lose. It's not that I want to win, I just don't want to lose. For me, a real battle doesn't start until a strong bad guy shows up and beats the crap out of me. This is just the beginning. But he falls down on the ground again from the pain. Uh, says, uh, don't scare me like that. When you got up, I was sure you'd actually swing at me again. Oh, well, the Anya branch uh, Bureau is gonna, not going to turn a blind eye to this much longer. Let me grab that knife real quick, and huh? As Ten has picked up the knife. And then he throws it over to Urara. And says, you know, just watching Maruo do all this uh, gave him some bravery. But uh, before he can actually throw it to her, she tells him to uh, open it up, unsheathe it. Which then unleashes her true form into this 
magnificent, uh, magnificently drawn yokai, uh, which he has six eyes, kind of a like chimeric appearance. And she tells him, Ten, I hate to do it, but we need to pull back for now. Hold on to Marubo for me. I'm taking one more with us, as we see Hashihime in the car below. So I am loving the reveal of Urado's true yokai form. It is awesome. Uh, and then Marubo getting a bit more characterization other than, you know, I just like manga characters, you know, stuff like that. And that, you know, he actually likes them, you know, not because they're cool or tough, but because they never lose, which is not true but you know from a young kid's perspective you, know, you don't really think manga characters lose that often i mean goku alone how many fights did he lose over the series <laughs> um <clears throat> so there's that uh yashimon has definitely been one of those that uh, i was hesitant when it first came out but i'm so glad i stuck out with it i'm really enjoying it i'm re ready to see how it keeps going i don't see this being axed anytime soon unless because from what i've seen it's been very positively received in japan so that's that now we will move on to black clover this is page 319 great magic knights versus king of devils now what happens in this chapter well the captain's job imagine that <laughs> but the uh before all that uh Mere Mareo Leona, say that five times fast, and Jack the Ripper uh, try to uh, attack with the rest of the captains, lose Pharaoh, but they go, well, he won't burn. I can't cut this guy. What? Overwhelming power. As they are beaten down, Lucifer says, pointless. Uh, Mareo Leona tries attacking again. Nozel does as well, but Lucifer flash steps in front of him, grabs him by the face, and throws him to the ground. Uh, Salamander tries to attack with Wegolion, but... Once again, Lucifer says pointless, and this beats Salamander up. Dorothy tries to intervene, says, Welcome to the world of dreams. But before she can actually do anything about it, he says pointless and overwhelms her magical power. And I think this is Seke on the ground. Seeing that they're captains, and they can't even touch him. What the heck? What kind of power is that? Even I can't tell this guy is... There's no way we can beat him, as he has overwhelmed Charlotte's magic as well. Lucifer says, the mere idea of lowly humans challenging me to battle disgusts me. You should be despairing and prostrating yourselves. Uh, Maria Leona attacks him again. She says, sorry, but no can do. No matter how far beneath you are, we are, title of strongest. We, oh, well, we've been granted the title of strongest. And as a distraction, this has now allowed Asta to say, like you could ever understand how awesome great magic knights are, he's about to attack Lucifero. Which then brings us to uh, Black Clover, page 320, the cause of all this. Uh, using this distraction, Asta has managed to chip off one of the horns of Lucifero. I'm thinking, ah, oh, I missed. But then Lucifero starts grimacing. He says, you filthy brat. And he overwhelms the area with uh, gravity-empowering magic, it seems, again. It says, trash, magically scum, my body, you... And he starts freaking out. Uh, Mareo Leona tries to attack him, the other captains as well. But nothing happens at that point. It says, anti-magic attacks work on loose pharaoh. They attempt to do it. They protect Asta, help him. Uh, Charlotte tries to bring up a, a wall of roses to protect Asta. Jack the Ripper tries to attack again, but finds he can't cut him. And loose pharaoh beats them all up, says, move it, out of my way. Uh, Jack the Ripper attacks him once more. Says, "I can't just let a peasant kid show me up like that." But he is knocked away. Says, 
Nozelle then speaks up and says, I, a royal, learned something from that peasant. Anyone who can fight those who are far above them. But <laughs> in the middle of a speech, Lucifer just says, silence and smacks him. <laughs> Very good anti-shonen moment there. I really appreciate that. That's a good from Tabata. Uh, and Fuegoleon and Mario Leona say are saying, I'm looking forward to Asta's future as a magic knight and as my prey as they both go for a combined attack. But once again, he has defeated both of them. He has grabbed uh, Fuegoleon by the face and says, disappear. He's thrown him away into uh, the distance, into Rill, <laughs> taking him out of the fight. And Nameless Demon, Devil, says, that mansion's magic was the only reason they could fight. They hung on longer than I expected, but I guess they were only human after all. Game over. And Lucifer looks over to Asta's body and says, it's him. He's the cause of all this. That filthy brat. Die. As he goes to destroy Asta, but then there's this gigantic star that appears. It causes him to be distracted. As Yuno has appeared with Mimosa, who is healing him, says, you know, you finally owe me one, Asta. And that is the end of the chapter. So these two chapters, uh, as expected, the captain's job. I mean, imagine that. I mean, it's just how things go. We gotta establish how big and bad our uh, main devil is in this moment. Although I'm not convinced that he's gonna be the final boss. It's this nameless demon or devil. I, I'm like, who are you? What gives you the ability to like commentate on all this? Like, are you just waiting for Lucifer to be taken down a bit or to get hurt more and then you're gonna, you know, hijack this plot to, you know, get into the human realm and all that more than likely yes because um, I don't think he's just there he's some rando just right now but there's definitely more to him than meets the eye let's see now what else um, definitely don't think Yuno's going to win here but I think he's going to buy enough time for maybe Asta to get back up or for uh, maybe the Black Bulls to intervene we shall see now we'll move on from there to Blue Box. This will be chapter 36. Better get going. Uh, little Yume is reunited with her mother, and Taiki then talks to Chinatsu says she heard the announcement, so I found her in no time. Chinatsu says, Thank goodness. Uh, they, they're thanked for everything they've done, and Chinatsu uh, bends down to get on a uh, little, little girl's eye level, says, No more getting separated, okay? And she hugs her. And then gives her the uh, little uh, badge or penner. Says, this is for you. It says, now you look pretty too. Yeah, uh, referencing their conversation about how Shinatsu doesn't think she could wear a uh, yukata. And Shinatsu says, thank you. And Taiki starts laughing. He says, what are you laughing at? He says, nothing. It's just... <laughs> how rude. And after you may gave this to me, he says, it looks good on you. He thinks, I'm sure if I told Shinatsu-senpai that she looks cute right now, <laughs> referencing his earlier conversation with Hina, and he says, I, out loud, I actually hope you'll keep it on. And he thinks for a second she would pause. So, You're laughing again. Well, I can't help it, you're staring at me. And politely give me an impersonal thank you. And he says, you have to wear it until you go home. You men's feelings would be hurt if she saw you take it off. He says, fine, I'll wear it until I get home. She only looks stylish after all. Then can I take a photo? Permission denied. <laughs> and our fun time together would end. As the fireworks start going off. And they then... <clears throat> she tells him that he'd better get going. 
And she says, well, I've also left Nagisa and the others waiting. He says, well, I'll see you at home. Yeah, see you there. Then in part, and he's uh, panicking, thinking, oh, I left Hina waiting longer than I planned. Even though we came here together, I left her alone. I'll have to apologize for that. And he says, I'm back. And he sees her alone there. She says, welcome back. He says, sorry I took so long. You owe me. Ah, shoot. Did you have any trouble while you were waiting? He says, nope. The vendor food is delish. And the fireworks are beautiful. This is the best. I want to come again next year. And Taiki says, yeah. And she's thinking, when I said that, I meant with just you. Next year. And Shinatsu uh, has returned to Nagisa and her friends. And they're asking, but wait, what's going on? Why do you look so sad? And she's got this look on her face. Like, oh, no, they just found me out. <laughs> and the narration continues. A year, a year is a long time. How will we change? And Taiki was thinking, that's what I was thinking about while I watched the fleeting fireworks. So from there, we'll go to uh, chapter 37. Hello, Capital Wasteland. <laughs> It starts with Shinatsu getting up, uh, with talking to Taiki's mother, asking where he's at, and she says, oh, he's out running. He said that at the practice meet the other day, he could feel how lacking in stamina he is, so he's going all out, which causes Shinatsu to smile. So she goes to practice as well, and, uh, oh gosh, what is her friend? I don't remember her friend's name on the team, uh, who asked, who was asking her, <clears throat> or was telling her, like, look, you shot that shot right now, it might have been a better idea to just pass it to your teammate. He says, look, I know Nationals are right around the corner, but don't get too stiff. Play how you want. We can all vouch for your ability, Chinatsu. He says, okay. As Taiki is practicing again, uh, excuse me, no, this is Haru practicing. Oh, he won again. We're no match for him anymore. Well, he's going to Nationals after all. <clears throat> so he's thinking, uh, Taiki's thinking of that practice match the other day. When Haru Senpai took on Yoda, there wasn't as big a gap in their scores as during the prefectural qualifiers. So it's Haru and Yusuf for ne Nationals next year. And he says, out loud, hit me up. Uh, hit, blah, hit some up for me, Kyo. He says, sure thing. And he's thinking, after what Hyoto said to me, I can't just lose. As the, the shuttlecock has been hit over towards Hina, who's been thinking to herself, is it Hina, sorry about that, my shuttle. But she is lost in thought, listening to music. Oh no, her AirPods are in. <laughs> and he says, good luck. Uh, but... She's not hearing him, so he gets his shuttlecock and moves away. And he and his friends ask him, did you hear that? Hear what? <laughs> and she goes, oh, this is what I was talking about. It's like, you don't understand anything. As uh, we go over to Chinatsu, who is <laughs> walking away from practice, and she sees Taiki asleep on the floor with his uh, shoes off, laying on a pillow. Uh, he says, Taiki, you asleep? And she thinks, this is what happens when you go running in the morning, too. So he's the type of person who sleeps holding his jacket rather than wearing it. She says, hello, Mr. Inamata. There's something I forgot to ask you. Have you started going out with Chono? Your answer might change how I feel as your housemate. She thinks the fact that you went to the fireworks festival with her, with just her, makes me think that you are. After all, she likes you. And she says out loud, if you are, I wish you'd told me. There was no need to lie and say that you were going in a group. If that's the case, then I... You know, it's lonesome be lied to. She walks away. Taiki wakes up. Thinks, oh, I slept great. Was somebody just here? Well, I must be imagining things. Uh, she has to go back to practice. Taiki goes back to his. Then they go back home. 
uh, Chinatsu then leaves, and it is the day of Chinatsu's nationals for basketball. So a lot of romantic development here. And uh, I got to say, loving it. Even though it's that obvious, like, oh, misunderstanding moment here. Well, he was going in a group, but it just ended up being the two of them you know, through no fault of his own. And, of course, what are you going to think if that happens? Well, obviously, they're going to be on a date if that's what you're, you're already programmed to think in that manner. So, really looking forward to what comes next. <coughs> Sorry, I just realized it's Boruto again. <laughs> I think that's how all my interest to Boruto started. It's like, oh, gosh, this again. <laughs> uh, this is uh, number 66, uh, Do or Die. Wow. Uh, so, we start with... Some narration by Mata about how you know, this is all in your hands now. Ta uh, I was a Taiki. Uh, Kawaki. As a code says, what the heck? How does he have karma again? And Ida from all over, all, all over on the other side of the world because she can't physically be involved in things because she's a woman. Says, I guess Kawaki didn't have a choice. Looks like Amato never intended to let Kawaki decide whether he wanted karma back or not. He'd fin already finished reconstructing it. What? But when? He knew that Kawaki would hunger for more power. He probably restored karma when he replaced Kawaki's right hand. All that was left was to motivate him to want it. Which means he used to, he used us to be the final push to awaken Kawaki's power. Shikamaru has realized, oh, he's talking with someone. He has an ally somewhere. So Shikamaru is smart for two panels. Good job. Now, uh, Borto says, what a surprise. It's not usually possible for a karma that is lost to manifest again. Uh, this is Momoshiki talking still. Is that is this that geezer Amado's doing? Amado's doing? What is he scheming? You fool. Go on, just keep letting yourself be used by others until you get fed to ten tails. Uh, Kawaki then attacks. Uh, Boruto, we see a bunch of those uh, black cubes fall from the sky. Uh, Kota's thinking, a Daikokuten, which lets the user retrieve things from another dimension. And even Sukuna Hikona, which shrinks various objects. Is Amado trying to make Kawaki into a second Ishiki? And uh, Kawaki says, I see, I'm starting to understand. Uh, Naruto then speaks up, says, Kawaki, what's going What's going on? Those abilities, no more importantly. And Kawaki says, shouldn't you be focusing on staying still, Lord Seventh? Not that I care what happens to him. Kawaki, how far are you planning to go? I'll do what needs to be done for you. So now confirming that he is uh, Yandere for Naruto. Uh, Momoshiki and Boruto's body and Kawaki then clash again and again. Uh, the Rasengan is used. Kawaki's used some claws and uh, some jutsu as well. Summoning one of those cubes onto Momoshiki Boruto. Uh, Naruto then moves out of the way. And... Code thinks he's going to kill Shikamaru and says, ah, there's really no point to it now. Uh, Naruto then gets Boruto out of the way says, that's enough, Kawaki. Are you really planning to kill him? I told you. I'm doing what needs to be done. It's do or die now. He says, don't be ridiculous. He's my son. Yes, but at the same time, he's a demon who's targeting your life. Have you lost your mind? You're the one who's being a demon. That doesn't matter. The real issue here is that you aren't able to do it yourself. So I'll do it. Move aside, Lord Seventh. You've got to be joking. Cool your head, Kawaki. You're the one who needs to face reality. There is no other way. But then Boruto pushes his dad out of the way, having now recovered a sense of himself. Naruto asks Boruto, are you back with us? 
uh, Mamashiki tries to go through again, but then Boruto pushes him down. Says, um, Amado, Amado's meds do seem to work. I've been able to control Mamashiki's power to an extent, but it's only temporary. It's far from a solution. I mean, look at what just happened. Talk about some awful side effects. I came this close to killing my own dad because he's been depowered and has lost everything. Not everything. I'm being facetious there. Uh, a lot of what made him incredibly strong because we need to nerf the Hokage. And I'm continuing, <laughs> I will complain about this till the end of time. Calculus, Boruto, do you remember what I said to you once? I'll somehow get rid of your karma, I swear. Oh yeah, I remember. And I've come to realize today that we're going to have to go through with our last resort plan. Yeah, unfortunately. Naruto says, hold on a minute, what are you talking about? I'm sorry, Dad, give my best to Mom and Hima. Wait, no, wait, what are you planning to do? Don't do anything rash. And then Boruto didn't use his wind style. Gale Palm forces Naruto away. Kabuki says, I take it you're ready, Boruto. You're the only one I can ask this of. So while my mind is still holding Momoshiki at bay, do it, bro. As he then impales Boruto with his techniques, and Boruto is on the ground. So. Something actually happened in Boruto. <laughs> uh, and obviously, our main character is not going to die in this moment. So... This is part of their plan to essentially get Momoshiki out, if any way possible. I think Kawaki op opening up to the, these new abilities and techniques is what's going to be able to <clears throat> uh, essentially start this process. Maybe not for good, but who knows? Maybe coming to near death actually stops it. So uh, you know, as much as I complain, this is actually a good chapter of Boruto. I really enjoyed it. I mean, there's a reason I'm covering it. It's not just to rag on it all the time. This isn't uh, Jason Aaron's Avengers. <laughs> so after that, we will go on to Dr. Stone. This will be chapter uh, Z equals two, two, bah, 225, docking. Now, in the midst of this, they have successfully managed to launch. But Stinko realizes that the radio can't hear anything. Uh, Kohaku is out there in space getting things ready to uh, attach together since they've launched in multi-fashion uh, multi here. Uh, Stanley then maneuvers the ship to attach everything correctly. But in the process, they see a stone fragment of human hair that has somehow wedged itself into the circuitry. As Kohaku realizes that the only way this could have happened was during the time when... Uh, I think it was uh, Ukyo. No, no. Oh, no. Uh, at this point, Yo, in a they were practicing everything on the Petra Beam. He got in the way, and one of his hairs fell off. And in the process, has ruined some of the circuitry, which has caused the docking screen to go dark. As Unit 4 is heading their way, and Stanley asks Sinku, is there any chance you can get this all fixed? And Sinku says, the condenser's fried. No telling the full extent of the damage. We'd have to swap in a whole new power supply circuit, which we don't have here in space. Koku says, it's hopeless then. No camera means that we're in the dark for the rest of the docking process. But then Unit 4 starts moving on its own. And says, uh, Stanley says, someone must have hitched a ride. And Sinku says, sure, Unit 4 is the lunar lander itself. There's definitely space for a person to cram in there. 
Kwaku asks, who'd be so reckless? <laughs> Sink says, who'd pull a 10 billion percent insane stunt like that, you mean? Only one guy in the whole stone world. As you see, Ryusui is now, is now laughing, says, space born at last. Outer space is mine. All mine. And on Earth's side says, those are his first words in space. Ryusui never changes. <laughs> and back in space, Stanley says, docking my operating unit four, that's a hellish maneuver. Without a reaction wheel, yeah, you're telling me. And we get narration. A machine inside a spacecraft that uses spinning wheels to rotate the craft via gyroscopic principles. Stanley says, piloting that thing by revving the engines ain't impossible, but it'll be burning through precious fuel. And Stanley is able to readjust everything by <laughs> spinning around and round, uh, using himself as his own gyroscope, a human reaction wheel. Senku... Uh, is watching over everything and is ready to help uh, Ruizui out. So when I first read this, uh, before we go on to the next chapter, uh, I was not big on the idea of Ryusui after he had come to terms with not going into space, you know, then saying, oh, I'm going to go anyways. I mean, it is perfectly in character for him to do that. I just didn't like it. <laughs> now, now that I've had this chapter, the next chapter has kind of grown on me. So, uh, we'll see. Before I say anything else, we're going to Dr. Stone, Chapter Z equals 226, Giant Step. Uh, so, Riswi has managed to dock everything there. Uh, they have all uh, gotten to the main part of the ship. <clears throat> and are now blasting off towards the moon. Uh, at incredible speeds. And we get three days later. Uh, they are now at the moon, which... Is that how quick that happens? Is that... There's no way. So how long did it take the Apollo 11 mission to get there? I, I should have looked this up beforehand. Uh, it just seems like too short a time, but... I mean, who knows? So they're now at the moon. <clears throat> and uh, Reese is using a sextant to uh, see everything. As getting a sextant on a spaceship... The tool used for location when at sea? And Crumb says, darn right. They can also use it in space. By glancing at the stars, they can figure out their position. And Suika says, one of Crumb's flashes of inspiration. From me and Suika, the newbie scientist tag team. As Zeno breaks their spirits by saying, an elegant low-tech solution employed by the early Apollo missions. And they both fall down and say, oh, of course they already knew. And Ukiyo says, oh, it still is amazing that such a primitive tool can help one navigate to the moon. And Zena says, especially once they reach the far side of the moon, as their communications with Earth will be cut off. At that point, they'll rely on their own eyes and measurements to navigate through the looming void of space. And Kawaku in space saying, the back of the moon is all bumpy and lumpy. And Senka says, yep, we always see the same side of the moon from Earth, and the backside's an ugly mess. Those craters are evidence of meteorite strikes, which where our moon took the hit for our home planet. And Kawaku says, oh, so without, even, without us even knowing it. The moon has been protecting the people of Earth. And Rusudin speaks up and says, Now regarding which of us will step foot on that guardian deity. Just in case the trip goes sideways and turns into a one-way suicide mission, the plan was to only send three folks in the lunar lander. As a science guy, I... Uh, says, As a science guy, I should hang back in the command module and... Rusudin says, Nope, the command module is mine. You're here representing the scientists of our new stone world, so you, Senku, will walk on the moon. And Kwaku says, oh, really, Ryusui, don't you desire the honor of stepping foot on the moon? He says, ha, I'm a captain first and foremost. Three will walk on the moon, while only one steers the ship. 
Sure, I'd love to play every role, but if I gotta choose, I'm taking a more exclusive trophy. Am I wrong? Success, sure. Let's leave it at that, then. As they begin to launch onto the moon, they're now thinking, what, what would be the perfect thing to say, you know, when they do that? The Taiju, of course, says the exact thing that uh, Neil Armstrong said when he got down there. But with this, think Sinker says, with all of humanity on the line, we're taking this first giant step into the battle, into the battle for future science, so get excited, are his words when they land down on the moon. So that was real quick. I mean, Dr. Stone, as I've mentioned before, has been going to very breakneck speed to get to where it wants to go. Um, like I said, I, I've not been a big fan of how swiftly it's going. It's definitely like some of these chapters could have been uh, expanded in maybe two or three. This feels like it could have been two overall, but I mean, I, I'm still really enjoying it. I'm ready to see the reveal of who the Y-Man is. Like, I've speculated on who it could be before. Uh, probably wrong. <laughs> but that's enough of that. Moving on from Dr. Stone, we'll be in Duran Duranon. Uh, it's Chapter 6, Blackout. Uh, Genjiro is being praised for all that she has done uh, for the, the core. And we didn't go over to Dora and Kusanagi. Saying they actually have more potential. Oh, excuse me. This is her saying they actually have more potential than I expected. And Dora's saying, "You sure we can afford to buy all this Doriaki?" Oh, this is Kusanagi. Dora says, "No problem. We got paid by Ginchio. We're having a Doriaki party today." Yeah, but first I need to bring one of my mom. Your mother, Dora? Yeah, she died like year, last year. But she loved Doriaki. These are the first ones I bought with my own hard-earned money, so I want to bring one to my mom. And uh, Kusanagi starts crying as we get a handoff panel says, Hey, you there! And it's a bunch of the kids uh, that he, they had saved from the Mononoke attack. And the little girl says, We've been looking for you every day because we have something for you in the little white thingy. <laughs> Here you go. Thank you for rescuing me. Please tell the little white thingy too. As I got a, a very cute little picture of Dora looking like a villain. And Kusanagi that they hand to him. It's a drawing of us. Uh, thank you. Yep, all Miki talks about these days is you and that little white thingy. Well, they're awesome. I wanted to see the little white thingy too. It's so cute and so cool. It's awesome. Miki's a huge fan of the little white thingy. And these are children, so I'm not going to make those jokes. And Kusanagi starts crying again. Dora tells him to stop. She says, well, I can't help it. A drawing of us and the fact that we were able to save these children and that they like me. I I'm just so glad I could burst. And he says, I'm going to catch a cold from being soaked. You should learn how to control your tr your crying. We're going to save dozens more people. Hundreds more. Kusanagi says, R right. And at that moment, we get, a Mononoke is abducting someone. Quick, call the Izanagi for us. And Dora says, thank you for the drawings. Here's a thank you gift from us. Please share them. As he gives them the Doriaki instead, because obviously it's not going to help them on this. And they go rushing off. Again, she talking to uh, her scientist friend here, is able to figure out that uh, there is a very unique Mononoke going around there that is causing a lot of problems, that's killed a lot of people. As we move over to Dora and Kusanagi, uh, they're being attacked by this uh, weasel yokai called Koma Nozumi. Oh, excuse me, not a weasel, a mouse. Uh, the spinning top mouse. As they, the, the mouse has thrown a child off of a bridge, but Dora and Kusanagi are able to save him. They then 
merge, bring up Kusanagi in the katana form, says, you're in for it, Mononoke. Who then freaks out and says, what have you done? What have you done? And we flash back over to Genshio, says, to Mononoke that wreaked all that mayhem, the nefarious Hanya Guki. Guki, sorry. As we see this gigantic bull figure rise up from the depths, smashing into the bridge. Uh, Kusanagi saves the, the child that was about to be thrown down to be a sacrifice, and then says, Dora, we gotta leave, but then Dora is angry, and we will find out why in chapter 6, excuse me, chapter 7, which is, I did not put down the title, like a fool. Lovely. Very professional, as for always. Uh, this is Together, is the chapter name. Uh, we start chapter S with the gigantic uh, Mononoke Hanya Gyuki, who I think was a boss in Neo 2. That's <laughs> my reference point for that. And he's talking down to the little uh, mouse yokai. He says, uh, where do you think you're going? You let my food escape. I should just kill you right now. But I'll give you one last chance since you brought me so many meals. You, if you can stand before 10 seconds are up, I'll let you live. But it can't, so Gyuki kills it. This is not enough. More. I won't be satisfied until I kill more. Uh, Kusanagi then tells uh, the civilian that they saved to go call for a strong samurai. Uh, in the midst of all this, <clears throat> and Dora then says, Kusanagi, Katana, please. But Kusanagi says, Dora, his, supernaturally, his supernatural power is really strong. We can't beat him the regular way. We have to think of something. It's fine. Katana. He then transforms. And uh, Yuki then says, I guess I'll just have to make do with these little snacks. As Dora hits him over the head with uh, Kusanagi, but that doesn't do anything. You're a lively one. I usually prefer females, but you'll be fun to eat. So uh, Dora gets hit by one of the uh, horns this is, uh, through the leg. Kusanagi freaks out, but then Dora just gets even madder says, You're dead meat! And Kusanagi says, it's no use, my blade won't cut him. Dora, we have to come up with something. Die! But none of these strikes are working. Despite everything he says, uh, Dora thinks, oh, sorry. Oh, this is a needle, not a horn. Uh, Yuki thinks he can move, despite my needle, but you can't move in midair as he smacks Dora away to then land on top of a building where, you know, if not for Kusanagi, he would have died as Kusanagi is transformed into this little uh, pillow. And so says, you okay, Kusanagi? You can still fight, right? Kusanagi says, I'm okay, but it got you good. You're hurt. I'm fine. Let's go. Katana. Dora, we won't win just by stabbing that Mononoke. We've got to think this through. What's gotten into you? That thing killed my mother. I won't be satisfied until I kill it with my own hands. Hurry and change into a Katana, Kusanagi. I know this is really painful for you, Dora, but am I a tool for your revenge? Like if you don't want to fight, then fine. I'll do it alone. Well, wait, that's not it. I want to fight to protect people, not to get vengeance. I want us to fight together. And if we keep fighting like this, you'll be killed, Dora. That doesn't matter. Let me go. It does matter. Even though I want to protect lots of people, I know it's super selfish. But most of all, I don't want to lose you, Dora. Please remember who you are, Dora. As we get a flashback of his mother telling him to live. That he's got to promise her that. And he says, okay, Kusanagi, you can let go now. And then he slams his head on the ground as uh, a form of penance. says, I'm sorry, Kusanagi. Forgive me. I'm always making mistakes. I lost my temper and couldn't think straight. 
I wasn't being fair to either of us. I wouldn't want my mother to see me like this. Thank you, Kusanagi. Says, oh, not at all. I'm so grateful to you all the time. Even though I'm a Mononoke, one of those things you hate, you still accepted me. Life is fun now, thanks to you. Your energy is what keeps me going. Thank you, Dora. Starts crying again. But wait, I was the one thanking you, Kusanagi. Will you keep fighting with me? Of course. <laughs> In a very cute panel, uh, Dora and Kusanagi fist bump, but because Kusanagi doesn't have fists, he's now punching him in the head. Uh, Yuki is going after them, and Kusanagi says, no, we've got to stop it. Let's go, Kusanagi. Yeah, and that's the end of the chapter. So this is really good uh, for Duran Duran. Uh Once again, it's not exactly... I mean, I've said it before, so I won't say it over and over again. It's This is just fun. And as with as many Exorcist-type series as there are in Jump, I mean, if they're going to get rid of one later on, it might be this series, which would be very unfortunate because I do enjoy it immensely. But I think that's better all I have to say on that one. We'll move on from there to Dragon Ball Super, Chapter 80. This is uh, Gas versus Granola 2, Electric Boogaloo. And wow, what a chapter. And true to the chapter's name, Gas and Granola have continued to fight one another over and over, all over the place. And uh, they're all, see, oh, is it Alec and Maki? Oh, gosh, every time, oh, is it Oil? I think it's Oil. Are commentating about how, you know, Gas won't let it in like this. Uh, they then attempt to kick one another, then push back by the force of it all. Gas says, I can now track your every move. On the ground, Vegeta says, Ah, Granola wasted too much time, and allowed Gas to grow accustomed to those new moves. Uh, Granola in the air is then punched by Gas, says, I won't lose sight of you again. Granola then kicks Gas, having then used his multi-form technique, clone technique, Kaganobushin or, or, or Jutsu or whatever it was, and fires off a bunch of smaller key blasts, and Goku says, Relax, Granola still has the skills to win this thing. But he is then punched by granola, excuse me, by gas, uh, knocking the wind out of him, uh, forcing him down. And gas says, making clones splits your power. How idiotic. They all then converge onto gas. This last move of yours was all or nothing then. And gas then destroys all the clones. He says, you got lost in the power of the skills, granola. But then the real granola appears right under him, ready, getting his finger guns ready. Or I was just waiting for this perfect opening. And then shoots a gas with the blast, knocking him down and destroying a mountain. And Goku says, Way to go! What's wrong? Wait, what's wrong with Granola? As Granola is now on the ground, like panting for breath, and Vegeta says, Any damage taken by the clones is felt by his real body. That final ploy was a sacrificial one. Uh, Manito then goes over to heal him, but then uh, Granola says, Stay back, it's not over yet. Uh, Alec has then appeared and says, what's wrong, Gas? This isn't like you. And Maki says, why is Gas getting his butt beat, Alec? You're sure you made that wish to turn him into the universe's strongest, right? Of course I did. Gas is undeniably the strongest fighter now. By a huge margin, in fact. And he then uh, takes off his necklace. This is no point in being the strongest in the universe when all that precious power is sealed away. I know you can withstand it now, so liberate that inner nature. And they go, wait, that didn't work. turn out so hot 40 years ago. But then Gas starts getting upset. 
It says, uh, Maki says, this is clearly a bad idea. When our instincts are unleashed, we lose all sense of self. And Alexis, endure it, Gas. You're not the man you were back then. As Gas starts powering up, uh, hulking out a bit, he's going after Granola. And Vegeta says, is that Gas? Goose says, where'd he find another power-up? Granola says, what is he? When Naito freaks out, said that, look, I saw it with my own eyes 40 years ago. When Bardock had Gas on the ropes, he lost himself and turned into that. He lost himself? So that's his last resort. As he is now going after Granola, uh, grabbing him by the foot, slamming him on the ground. Uh, freaking everyone there out. As he's completely lost himself to the madness of this. Goku says, this is nuts. Granola's not going to last much longer. And v Vegeta says, hey, old man, how in the world did Bardock defeat Gas when he was like that? And Manita says, I was unconscious, I didn't see. So that's real convenient. Uh, they try to get Gas to come back to his senses, but Alex says, it's fine. The universe's strongest warrior should have greater control over his own power than any other. And in the midst of this, uh, Vegeta, <laughs> Vegeta is kicked by Gas as they were just like standing around looking at everything. Uh, Goku goes after him, but he is, his punch is blocked. And Gas has a flashback to Bardock uh, hitting him with a key blast. And he starts freaking out over this. And Alex says, go on, Gas. Remember, you swore to never lose again, right? As he now composes himself, and there are these little horns uh, on both sides of his head that have now appeared. He says, Yes, there you go. And Goku says, It looks like he's had some kind of awakening. And Alexis, My little brother is the strongest in the universe for real now. Go on, Gas. Annihilate those who stand in our way. And that is the end of the chapter. So, obviously, 40 years ago, Gas was not as strong as he was now, so Bardock is. I mean,. Power levels in Dragon Ball, name a more iconic duo of things that you go, well, ah, how am I supposed to understand any of this? So it's obvious that he could have lost at that point in time based on his strength level then. So he's had 40 years to go, and now, of course, the wish with the Dragon Balls has now made him the strongest, which gives him, like, what, three years to live or something like that? I'm really interested to see where this goes. I kind of hard to figure out how they're going to win this. Because uh, I think they're out of Sensu Beans. I mean, maybe Broly gets involved. <laughs> Probably not. Because, I mean, even if someone like you know Piccolo came, I mean, he's definitely not going to be strong enough to do anything. So I think they're going to have to tag team it from here on out. The three of them working together. It actually sounds really cool. Uh, Vegeta, Goku, and Granola working as one. Yeah, I'm all for that. So... After that, we'll move on to the Elusive Samurai Hair, 1335. So Tokiyuki has been uh, dodging, and bobbing and weaving his way from everyone in the shrine who is trying to stop him from uh, tagging Yoritsugu. He's, he's thinking, I've faced worse, worse opponents. You'll need arrows of Sadamune if you want to stop me. And uh, this is, oh gosh, what is Yoritsugu's dad's name? Uh, Tokitsugu has now said, uh, is thinking, I knew it, it's no use. Despite how he looks, Tokiyuki-sama has survived numerous battles. But Yoritsugu-sama is new to being a god, and most of the ones obeying him are not warriors. There's no way we can stop him. And Yoritsugu says, I can't believe it, already? He blew past everyone. And Tokiyuki is smiling, and salivating even, says, now it's just us, Yoritsugu-dono. <laughs> so, huh, this is scary. Why does he look th so thrilled? But I've walked these grounds since birth. He's been here less than two years, so I know the terrain better. 
I dropped the bridge, so I have to go around. Now I'll win by reaching the holy pillar first. But Tokiyuki just jumps over the bridge instead, freaking him out. Tokiyuki says, the pillar is still far away. Are you sure you want to continue, Yorisugi Dono? What are you? I heard you're good at fleeing, but not at chasing. Pursuing while fleeing gives me strength. Besides, I don't have to hurt anyone this time, so I can enjoy flitting around, but from now on I must serve as a figurehead in battles that are all too deadly. If you exile me, that role may fall on you. We're both young and must be leaders, but you don't need to hurt anyone yet. I says, huh? Don't be so arrogant. This isn't over yet. But then he falls over the edge, uh, holds on to some grass, that, but then it rips from the weight of him. Tokiyuki then turns around, using his hair, so that he can... Yurisuke can grab onto it, but it's of course, causes him immense pain. It says, uh, uh, your hair will come out. It says, uh, just climb up. Never mind that. Uh, but without your hair, you'll lose your holiness and prestige in the eyes of your people. It's, you grow your hair for the same reason, and you're the only one who needs to be a sacred symbol. Like, you're Sua, and I'm a Hojo. My destiny is to fight. <laughs> Some really great panels here of him freaking out from the pain. So come on, hurry. My head is coming off. Uh, Yurisuke then climbs up. Says, you're a fool. You could have let me. You could have won by letting me die. And Tokiyuki says, I want to be friends with you. Besides, your Shike Dono would have been sad. I think of him as a father. I don't have the blood connection that you do. And Yorisugu says, Ever since you came, grandfather rarely comes to me. Instead, he meets with Shinano's soldiers. I don't care about godhood, but I don't want to take. Any, I don't want anyone to take him away from me. So Tokiyuki says, Got it. Leave it to me, Yorisugu Dono. Technically, I'm your father and grandfather's lord, so I can make the occasional request. And they go back. It says, there you have it, Yorishika Dono. I have commanded that for the next three days, Tokusugu Dono will take the work of the Shrine Master alone, and you will lavish your affection on your grandson during this time. From now on, don't let him get lonely. It says, Yorishika Dono is yours for three days, so make the most of it. Huden <laughs> says, oh, you've been lonely? I guess I've been lax with my attentions. You should have told me sooner. Now I'll give you all my love. And Yurisuga says, Oh, his rough skin really hurts. I didn't want anyone to take my grandfather away from me, but I don't like these cheek, ru cheek rubs. Being with him constantly is going to wear me out. Is he going to do this for three days? Three days and a million cheek rubs! No! And so at this time, Suwa Yuritsuga was seven years old. And one day, he would be Tokiyuki's staunch ally. Which then brings us to our next chapter, chapter 47. This is face 1335. Now we see a man uh, asking where Grand Sua, uh, the Sua Grand Trine is at. And he's told by these peasants <clears throat> that uh, where it is. And he said, there was something odd about that samurai. Yes, he seemed determined. It was almost as if it was written on his face, which it literally is. You know, in a series full of weird superpowers? Abilities? Uh, this is definitely a weird one. As the man is thinking, now I wonder if Tokiyuki Dono is safe. We get narration. Tokiyuki's uncle was Hojo Yasue. A Y-A-S-U-I-E. So, however the heck you pronounce that. And he would soon invoke a storm. And they're now reunited. They're glad that each other is alive. <clears throat> We're then told through uh, uh, Yoroshige and says, Hojo uh, Takato... Takatoki was his older brother, so he was at the center of the shogunate. When Kamakura fell, he was one of the men who arranged for me to take Tokiyuki into my care. And Tokiyuki asked, Uncle, how did you escape the carnage? Oh, that I pretended to be a Nita soldier. It was said that Hojo Yasue got onto a palanquin and raised the flag of the enemy. He donned bloody garments to feign being an injured Nita soldier and escaped Kamakura. 
And Gemma says, impressive. You shamelessly fled while your clan died. They wanted me to kill myself too, but I said, I care not for my life, but I must avenge you by restoring Hojo rule. But on his face is written, I just didn't want to die. And everyone freaks out at that. And goes, well, we'll just move on from that. And he goes to Yoroshige and says, you are our last hope, Suwa Yoroshige. Do you have a plan for victory? Yes, and it is going well. Although I do see for, foresee complications, so let us confer back here. Understood, let's go. Aiden sees all the pretty women, shrine men is there, says, on his head, let's go, ladies. And Toki is in a talking about it. Uncle has always been duplicitous, but his ulterior motives are easy to read. He clings to status and life, and it shows on his face. He doesn't read, wear a warrior's mask, so I like him for his honesty. And so Shizuka says, Ah, Nisama, you seem pleased. Well, he's my uncle. I'm happy to see him again. Uh, Gimba then leaves uh, to go think about things. Hmm, all the players have assembled, and a great battle approaches, but now the fighting will be even more dangerous. That Brad is entertaining, but is he worth risking my life for? Unlike him, I have no clan to save or sworn enemies to vanquish. Now would be a good time to leave. But I'll decide that later. The shrine maidens are changing clothes, and I made a new hole in the wall. But he then notices that he's not alone. And as he's going up to investigate, he's almost hit by a bunch of projectiles. As he sees a man in a Tengu mask, says, hmm, you have good instincts. Though incomplete, you are a ninja. Are you the one in the fox mask, known as Kazuma Genba? But he was old, so are you his successor then? Either way, you're dead, so I suppose it doesn't matter. No, 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 wait, take it easy, I'm unarmed. Anyway, who's Genba? I'm just wearing a festival mask. Here, take a closer look. He takes the mask off and then uses a kind of fire jutsu on him. And tries to go and stab him from behind, but use the classic log trick. That's not a skill, that's a trick. Use it to entertain the demons in hell. He's about to be uh, attacked, but uh, fireworks have been set off, and he's everyone's been alerted to his presence, so he then runs away, stopping Gendra from being killed. Uh, Yoshige later on meets with him, says, I have defenses on the rooftop and under the floor, so have no fear of eavesdropping for an attack. Tell me, Genba, who attacked you? He says, Takauji's man. The resistance by Yasue and to Tohuko and by Hojo remnants elsewhere has failed. So now he will focus on Shinano. Their ninja called Tengu. My father said they served the Ashikaga. Due to their speed and covert skills, they can uncover any secret. Forget about a big battle. They'll expose your rebellion and the brat's identity, and this will all be over. Well. Hyping things up. Uh, I'm ready for more. These are really two really good chapters. Um, giving you a Sugu, you know... Uh, some much needed character development there and now they've got a new thread on the way with these new ninja looking forward to it this is awesome we're going to move on uh, to fire force this is chapter 297 and we'll also be covering 298 i'll be saving 299 and 300 for next time i record which by the way fire force is almost over and i'm sad to see it go it's a series that's had its ups and downs. Like mostly, I'm positive on it, but you know, it's been something I've looked forward to reading when it does release. And uh, I believe, uh, what is his name, uh, Okubo is retiring after this. If I the article I read is true, so I mean, I think it's because he's just getting a little too old right now. Uh, he just wants some time, which I definitely understand with the way the mangaka lifestyle is. You do need some time for yourself after a while. So we'll start 
in uh, chapter 297. Uh, this is Hope's Big Bang. Now, uh, Shinra Bancho Man is looking down at Almea slash the Evangelist. Says, you're not, look, you're not looking too bright there, Despair Saint. Shinra Bancho Man's here, so quit crying already. She says, let us perish together, Shinra Bancho Man. She then attacks him with these black flames. Says, embrace these black flames. They offer you your salvation. But he stops them, turns them into flowers instead. And she says, brother, those sparks. Yeah. What are you turning these flames that I've waited for so long into? How dare you? And he then uh, rushes up against her. She says, once again, resisting in vain. He says, Shinra Bancho, kick! Uh, misses her, but then creates more flowers out of the black flames. Please stop this. Those black flames are dear to me. But he starts creating more and more. Please stop this already. Please, no more sorrow. Take another look. Pretty, isn't it? A light such as this can only be found in the life outside the chain of despair. Do you plan to connect me with such a life? Hmm, let's see. What did that thing I saw at Vulcan's workshop look like? I think it was something like, and he creates a whale. Which, if you remember correctly, uh, if I remember correctly as well, I think whales are extinct. And then uh, splashes through the flowers as if they're water. And there's a nice little moment between him and Shobat. He really doesn't know what a whale looks like. <laughs> but... Amaya says, Shinra Pancho Man, you are a devil that continues to create sorrow. Before this wretched stain spreads any further, I must return you to the flames myself. She blasts off a beam. And Sho says, Brother, watch out. That's a divine light that'll destroy anything it hits. You can't survive such a thing. No living being could. But Shinra catches it. It's what amazing energy. And then throws it away, uh, creating a flash, which then creates an atmosphere for this planet. On the outside, looking in, uh, Arthur in space is saying the black flames are being extinguished. And back on the planet, Shane Rabanchus man says, let's shed some tears in the rain, despair saint. Which brings us into chapter 298. It's God. <laughs> and Homer says, despair is despair because no matter how much you try it, it will not shed. Was that so? It was your tears that started this downpour, after all. Your tears made this world stronger by making the rain pour in the earth Form, firm up. And Shinra is now creating landscape around them all, including birds and animals. You know about migratory birds? They travel long around the earth, depending on a season. Those birds aren't just in Tokyo either. There are whole other continents where those migratory birds cross over to. And in space, we see the Soul Eater moon and a planet, and Arthas says, oh, The stars of star flames became a blue planet, huh? We go back to the, to the new earth, and Hame is crying and saying, you still don't understand anything. With the completion of the great cataclysm, this planet was made into a sun, and yet you're still trying to repeat the sorrowness that has ceased for once? You can only be so irresponsible with power because you have not listened to the collective unconscious of a humanity. You said I was like a god, didn't you? But isn't it you who gained the power of all creation and became god? Uh, so Shinra Bansho in Japanese, the helpful translator's note here, uh, the kanji can mean all things in nature slash all creation. So that's what she's basing this off of. She's saying, you're the one who is irresponsibly recreating hell on earth. You're a devil that is under the facade of a god. Oh lord, you have caused us to suffer more again. You may contradict yourself, but you're still god. So is it wrong for you to give equal death and salvation to all things? I won't let you get away with escaping despair, Shinra Bancho man. He says, I'm god? 
But inside his head, uh, she says, Brother, I believe she's right. This doesn't solve anything. I used to be a white clad too, so I can sympathize with the saint's path. You are recreating the world as you please, but a saint is one who creates to despair and thrives off of it. By recreating the earth, you only make the saint suffer again along with the rest of humanity. So, brother, what are you actually trying to achieve? Is the goal to try and create Eden? Because even a paradise like Eden is sure to fall. And he thinks, this is the despair that Haumea has been exposed to. Even from such an innocent flower blossom comes despair that is unleashed spontaneously, even from me. So that's what she's been doing all along. She says, that hysterical strength you talk about is just another way to escape from despair. And the only ones who can do that are the established like you. Like you. It's something only the strong can do. Have you ever thought about what it's like to be weak, being blamed for the death of your family, despite the slander you stood up and pushed forward as a fire soldier that protects the weak, all those vulnerable souls? Have you ever thought about the, those nameless people even once? The weak don't know how to fight despair. They do not see despair, and without acknowledging it, they crumble. And as they are unconscious, it overfloods the world. Lord, will you not let this the, the weak escape this hell? And Shinra says, that's not right. I'm not God. But Sho says aside, no, the power you are definitely... You are wielding definitely belongs to a god. Brother, what do you intend to do? So Fire Force and a very crazy series is continuing to get crazy. Um, this whole angle of like, you were essentially a god right now. Uh, definitely didn't see that happening in chapter one. <laughs> and this whole conflict of you know despair versus hope. Like, how can you create a world, you know, where despair doesn't exist? Well, obviously, as flawed beings, they're not ever going to be able to create something without despair. There was an Eden once before, but then sin was brought into the world, which then ruined everything. Uh, but then a way was brought back with hope through God. And in this moment, obviously, there are parallels, but they're not the same between your Judeo-Christian uh, God and you know what Shinra is doing. But they're still trying to bring it up, you know, obviously with him with the virgin birth and all that. So, my thoughts are all over the place. Obviously, I know what happens in the next couple of chapters, so I won't speculate on that film. But I will say uh, it is at this point I'm going to have to take Oh, no, wait, no, I think I can do Yeah, I can do two more. We'll do, uh, before all that, though, I'll have to say we do need a, a moment of silence, please uh, for the Hunter's Guild Red Hood. Thank you for participating. We'll go. We'll go to Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, this is chapter one hundred and seventy-one, Tokyo Number One Colony, Part Eleven. Uh, so, Reggie attempts to fight back against <clears throat> uh, Fujigoro's uh, curse tech. Excuse me, domain expansion says Esotech technique, Hollow Wicker Basket. What you get is the original form of New Shadow Style Simple Domain and neutralizes the domain to negate the guaranteed hit. Uh, too bad, he says out loud, but it rips apart as he is attacked by two of his uh, frog shikigami. And he thinks, Hollow Wicker Basket and Simple Domain cannot neutralize curse techniques themselves. These maneuvers neutralize barriers imbued with the curse technique to nullify the guaranteed hit. However, Fushiguro's domain is incomplete. Since Fushiguro enforce forcibly enclosed the barrier by converting the gymnasium as his own domain, the enclosed barrier does not incorporate a can't-miss attack. As of now, Chimera Shadow Garden serves merely to extend the 10 Shadow Technique and expand its potential to 120%. Not snickering anymore, huh, he says. 
However, that very imperfection caught Reggie Star off guard. So you punk, don't think you've won. But then uh, multiple Fujigoras appear, start beating him all over the place. Reggie summons some knives with his receipts, but he's beaten up uh, by the Fushigoros. says, I get it. His clones and his Shikigami took physical form before hitting me, so this barrier doesn't have a can't-miss attack. The increased function of the curse technique due to the domain is incredible. This is worse than a can't-miss domain. If he brings out that elephant and showers me with water in here, I'll be limited to half of what I can do, and probably lose. But I won't let that happen, and that's so me. He throws some receipts in the air. Uh, Fuji, uh, Megami calls for new way to appear, but Reggie says, too slow, as multiple cars have been summoned. Says, Reggie says, I knew it. I had to reinforce my footing with cursed energy so I wouldn't be sucked in. This whole domain is your shadow. Being able to store and take things out must be handy, but I noticed something. You don't have many weapons in stock. I've only seen the one paltry cursed tool. With such a low capacity, maybe you always have the same room for yourself, or... Maybe you're forced to bear the weight of what you keep stored in your shadow. That's it, isn't it? I've used the domain's conditions against you. Your current weight is approximately 2.4 tons, equal to three passenger vehicles. It seems your clones couldn't handle it, but maybe you can still bring out a Shikigami, so I won't lose sight of my footing. And keep piling it on until your own weight crushes you. You've missed something. An incomplete domain is still a domain. But then Megami says, there's a shadow above you, too, as if someone's elephant... <laughs> smack down into Reggie says who's getting crushed first Reggie and it's the end of 171 uh, which will then move us on to chapter 172 Tokyo number one colony part 12 so we get some narration it said the average human being loses consciousness at five to six units of g-force in order to prevent his blood from gather excuse me uh, that's 2.4 tons if Fushigoro weighs 60 kilograms he's currently being subjected to 40 units of g-force in order to prevent his blood from gathering in his lower limbs and inducing a state of decreased blood flow, Fushigoro lowered his posture and used cursed energy to reinforce his whole body, paying special attention to his lower half. A mature African elephant weighs three to six tons. The domain increases uh, the cursed technique precision, so it replicates Max Elephant's weight realistically. Under that weight, Reggie Starr's right fibula and heel bone fractured. The pressure that these two combatants are under could crush them to death at any second. So Reggie is lifting up the elephant, but is unable to get rid of it. He's thinking, I messed up. If I'd saved the trucks, I'd have won. Now what can I do? He soaked me with water, but I still got my ace up my sleeve. I can enter the shadow and recreate my ace card from inside. That'll finish him. No, he isn't dispelling his domain. That means anything the shadow swallows might be trapped inside after it's gone. What if after he dies, I have to spend my life trapped in the shadow? What's it like in there? It's like liquid. Would I even be able to breathe? Would I float? No, it's too risky to go in there. I just need to withstand this and bust out my ace. Contractual recreation. As he's uh, taken down by the elephant and says, Oh no, I was too late. And there's no oxygen down here. No buoyancy. No resistance at all. I'm just falling and losing consciousness. As Fujiko's thinking, not yet. Hang in there. Wait until after you're sure he's dead to dispel the domain and empty the shadow. But Reggie is able to save himself by summoning another car, <laughs> forcing him out. says, ah, things I recreate disappear soon after completing my command. I didn't want the cars to disappear, so I didn't give them a command. Because of that, I could still command one to rise and bring me up with it as well. That vehicle's weight no longer registers, but it saved me. I admit you're strong, but I'm stronger. He says, contractual recreation as a house... <laughs> That's now appeared. This is a 132-square-meter, two-floor wooden structure. It weighs at least 30 tons, so it's going to smash you to... Huh? What happened? Did I fall back into the shadow? No, this is real water. 
How? I feel so heavy. Is that punk strangling me? He's strong. No, wait. It's the weight from the two vehicles I piled on. Ah, this time I really am sinking. I'll have to undo contractual recreation. And he does so, and he realizes, oh, right, this is the gymnasium, and there's a pool on the basement level. He fled into the shadow and ended the domain. He had me break the floor so I'd fall into the pool. How is he moving in spite of the weight? By ejecting himself from the shadow? And Fujigora says, now your receipts are too wet to use. We get narration. Even wet, the print on our receipts won't immediately fade. So that alone won't stop me from using contractual recreation to produce things. But I can't fulfill the conditions of using cursed energy to burn the contracts. He says out loud, you sure about that? And thinks he waited instead of immediately attacking again. The demand exhausted him, so he, he replenished his cursed technique. He says it loud again. After all, I bet you're out of Shikigami. And Fushigori says, yes. So as you can guess, from this point on, and thinking, it's a physical fight. I'll deceive him into thinking I believe that. They don't use the Shikigami in an attempt to create an opening, and I'll stop it with a counter move. The Shikigami will be something other than the dog, and none of them can finish me. As they go back and forth, punching and kicking each other, Fushikori says, he's tough. After all, he withstood Max Elephant's weight. Plus, his reinforcement technique and martial arts aren't bad. And Rage is thinking, come on, use it. And when you let up in that moment, but he's attacked. And part of his body has been mauled off by one of the dogs. And he says, that wasn't nearly enough to take out Divine Dog. And Reggie says out loud, a sorcerer is nothing but a con artist, as he seems to be out of the fight. Wow. Uh, pro plays by everyone involved here. Like, I mean, I've been hyping this series up uh, ever since we started with the podcast just like over and over again we've been proving just how good uh gege is at fights at opponents trying to outthink each other and this is that moment of oh, oh you're thinking this oh you think this well i'm actually thinking this oh you thought the divine dog was down but it's really up <laughs> I, gosh this man just gets how to run a very good fight scene i mean the, the higuruma and yuji fights um were really good and then this Reggie versus Fushigoro just I think Reggie's not out just yet but it's not going to be enough for him to you know actually have a way to win the fight so I am going to take a little break right now uh it is lunchtime so I will come back and we will finish the rest of the series and jump so I'll see you next all right, and we are back. Uh, sorry for that delay. I had my lunch. I'm feeling pretty good. So we're going to go into Magu-chan. Uh, God of Destruction, Chapter 74, Yupi Susu, The Eternal. <clears throat> so we'll start with some narration. Humanity fears that which they cannot comprehend. We superior beings were deemed evil, and we were feared and revered. Ignorance truly is scary. As she casts Eternal Embrace. So today is repeating once again. Poor Naputaku is very upset that he once again will never get paid. And Zanzuke says, I can't take it anymore. Because I know later today, Miss Oze will give me a present. And it'll be a <laughs> little jack-in-the-box based on his design. <laughs> he says, I don't know how I'm supposed to react to the same surprise every single day. <laughs> Naputaku says, you're too soft. And uh, <clears throat> oh, what is the crab's name? I can't remember. Says they're going to go with him. So we get the power of eternity, which grips and distorts the flow of time. At this rate, I will never be fully restored, and yet they have not appeared. 
and Nabataki gets hit in the head with the bag again, said, I'm so tired of repeating this day. Wait, hold on a second. <clears throat> if I know everything that's going to happen today, then I can go on a gambling spree and keep winning. Boy, lend me some cash. He steals uh, Rin's wallet, and we rest. Does Naputakun seem weird to you today? Did something happen, Maguchan? He says, even if I were to explain it to you, you would not understand. It is a matter for superior beings. He says, huh. I might not be the brightest crayon in the box, but if you're having any problems, you can talk to me about them. <clears throat> As I've said before, it's lonely not being relied on. You don't have to take care of everything all by yourself. You're not as almighty as you think you are, Magu-chan. And he gets angry for a moment, but then stops himself and says, Foolish, lonely human. Well, what's wrong? At the end of tonight, it will become this morning again. We are experiencing the same day for the sixth time in a row. This is the work of the second pillar, Yupi Susu the Eternal. They may trap us within the same day. We must end this eternity. They too are a superior being, a god of chaos. They have manifested into the mortal plane from a higher dimension of space as a spiritual life form. Lowly humans cannot even begin to fathom their powers. <clears throat> she says, seriously, that's terrible. The same day repeated six times in a row? No way, I hadn't noticed at all. It's bad for me if I never get to see tomorrow. Tomorrow's lunch is curry. <laughs> you believe me so readily. Well, of course I do. You don't joke around, Magu-chan. So, is there anything I can do to help? Hmm. If I am to stop them, I must restore all my faculties. Bestow upon me blessings to become my flesh and blood. Okay, shopping it is. <clears throat> the Nuneris and Nanitsi come to aid them. He says, I shall go to reclaim our time. I leave the protection of our abode to you, my disciple. <clears throat> She says, Magu-chan, I have a favor to ask. Don't do anything stupid and come home safe. I'll be waiting for you. He says, very well. I shall grant you your request. The effects of Eternal's powers are far too immense. I find it hard to imagine that they were still weakened after their seal was broken. Unair says, they exist beyond the constraints of time, so they can regenerate as much as they like. We need to show them we mean business when we confront them. Nanitsis, and there's multiple Nanitsis who appear. <clears throat> uh, they bring Naputaku and uh, the rest of the gang. Nanitsi, you can multiply. Nope, we're still all one body. Eh, Bruneris, Yupi Susu is an amorphous entity. They dwell within the gaps between time and space. Are we even capable of locating them? Bruneris says, I sense them, but my powers of detection cannot reach them. But that's okay. I know just a guy for finding things. <clears throat> and we see Yupi Susu say, uh, The sun will set again tonight, and once more I shall reel in time and turn back to clock. I am the observer of time and space. I shall spend a series of peaceful days within this cage of eternity. We get, I won't let you do that. As Muscar and Uneris appear, the peace you bestow is a lie. There's nothing I hate more than repeating the past. Good thing it was such a simple seal. Let's get along just this once, Muscar. Don't get the wrong idea. Thwarting Mog Manuik's revival also works against my goals. <clears throat> no matter, in this body I have no limitations. Thanks to this day being repeated so many times, I've achieved perfect control over fate. Adjustment of fate. Guided meteorite. Now fall. As Yubisusu catches the meteorite. But then falls into the sea from the impact. She's, and they say, you mean to stand in my way, comrades? Don't you wish for eternity? Magu asks, Yubisusu, let me ask you, why are you repeating today? <clears throat> I wish to know what humans desire. And we get Ruru at home saying, all right, my dream for the future is... And that is the end of the chapter. So we will start from there in uh, Magu-chan chapter 75, The Observer of Time. And Yupisusu says, Eternity is the power to catch time and reel it in. I cannot be sealed, I cannot be hurt. Once time is reversed, nothing remains. <clears throat> Which guy says, Well, that makes me lose confidence. They're able to stop a falling meteorite without so much as a scratch. Actually, it seems to reverse their injury. 
Margaret Khan says, let's proceed as planned. We will find out what they're really up to and stop time from repeating itself once more. Enjoy eternal peace, my comrades. So we don't take orders from you. I beam of destruction. <clears throat> Adjustment of fate. Pulsing providence. And, uh, oh gosh, what is uh, the dream one's name? It says, uh, now there's no time for noise. I want to see what happens next in Rin's dream. I'll envelop the lovely humans in a fantasy so they don't realize what's happening. And uh, Yubisusu says, I will not allow you to disrupt my eternal peace. I will turn back time over and over, repeating this day forever. Napataki says, you're going to turn back time again? Stop it. Heed my command or suffer the wrath of my frenzied. And she grabs him. She says, oh, no, Nabuchan's body. Unera says, he's back to his initial form. <clears throat> says, I'm starving. I want pudding. He's so tall. Naputaku the Mad, you are most terrifying. You have changed so much while I was away, I hardly recognize you. Nura says, I see. When they grasp something with one hand, they rewind matter. But it seems they need both hands to turn back time. <clears throat> As the adamantine jaws of our crab friend are then used to snap off uh, Yupisusu's arms. We get barbs of despair from Zonzige. Balgu says, thanks to the barbs, we can at last hear their intentions. Answer me, Yupisusu. Why are you repeating time? Do you mean to hinder my full revival? Hinder you? Why would I do that? All I did was grant a wish. A wish by Ruru Miyanagi. Did you not wish for eternal peace? We superior beings are but flots the flotsam of chaos. We grant the wishes of lowly humans so that they will recognize us. This is what gives us form. I want to know, what is the young girl's true wish? <clears throat> and uh, back at her house, Ruru has noted that Magu-chan has left his uh, book behind with everyone's names in them. As Yupisusu has appeared, says, Who are you? Are you the one Magu-chan has said is rewinding time? I'm second pillar, Yupisusu the Eternal. You are truly et exceptional, Ruru Miyanagi, that you do not tremble in the presence of superior beings. I wish to know what it is you desire. I shall grant you eternal peace by staying the flow of time, and you shall spend your everlasting days with me. As Magu appears, says, wait, you be Susu. <laughs> but before anything can happen, Ruru says, I don't understand a word you're saying. Uh, you be, you, you be? Sorry, I'm not the brightest. Could you numb that down for me? <clears throat> and you be Susu says, you be turned back time for you. <laughs> and Magu says, I'm the one who will grant the wishes of my disciple. You have no place here. Be gone. You cannot grant her his desires with your power of destruction. The everlasting is not possible without eternity. Your life will inevitably come to an end. We superior beings are immortal. The life of a lowly human is fleeting. We cannot live together forever. And Ruru says, I know that. My dad died when I was little. That's when I learned that ordinary days are more special than you think. Everything comes to an end. That's why I want to get along with everyone. Soon I'll be taking my entrance exams and graduating from middle school. I'll go to high school and study there. And eventually I'll die. My dream for the future is to be an ordinary and good person. <clears throat> it's normal, but I'm still pretty nervous. That's why I want a guy like Magu-chan watching over me. She places him on her head. Your wish makes little sense to me. Well, you want to talk, but that's not that big of a problem. To get to know each other, we have this, a BFF book. You're writing it too, Yuppie. Getting to know each other and watching over you. It seems I've underestimated the desires of lowly humans. In that case, I will see it through in time. Huh? Yuppie, they disappeared? Time is passing as normal. Did they move on to a different dimension? I want to know how a human and a god met and spent their time. I shall go back in time to observe an evil god of destruction and a simple girl. <clears throat> as we see the very start of the series proper, where uh, Ruru is getting the gem that encased Maguchan, says, Until the day the two understand each other. 
So, um, unfortunately, Maguchan is ending uh, within, I believe, two or three chapters at this point in time. Very upsetting. Uh, it definitely, for me, added a refreshing uh, series into Jump that was different and everything around it. The comedy didn't always land with me, but at the same time, it was just so enjoyable watching all these little dorks, you know, get along, tame these eldritch beings into becoming their friends, <clears throat> you know, in a believable fashion. So I'm sad to see it go, but at the end of the day, Magu-chan uh, gave me a lot of joy, and that's what I'll praise it for. So that's enough of that. Uh, we will go on to see Mashal, Magic and Muscles. This is chapter 92, Mash Bernadette and the Bottomless Trap Hole. Start with Levis. After being hit, says, Brother, I'm sorry, I couldn't win. Your kindness was wasted on me, and I'm a weakling and a, and a cheat. Your little brother is a total failure. <clears throat> There's no point in living if I can't reach the top. And Mash says, If you can't, if you keep tricking people and using them, you're going to end up alone, you know. But I do ha respect how much you wanted to win. And we see in flashback his father being cruel to him, saying he needs to be on top of the world, his brother hugging him. And he says, shut up, you loser. And Mesh says, not the direct type, are you? You may have defeated me, but don't get a hold of, ahead of yourself. I wasn't trying to. You're up against Domina next. You don't stand a chance of winning. <clears throat> well, why is that? He's inhuman. I've seen it firsthand. He's even tougher than the visionaries. A long time ago, someone wrecked one of the divine visionaries so bad there was no hope for them. They say it was Domina who did it, and he was just a kid at the time. What's worse is he has the power of a literal god behind him. The very reason magic is worshipped as divine. Strong as you are, you won't... Huh? <laughs> and Mash is left. <clears throat> and we see Innocent Zero. Uh, very happy that they're going to meet each other. Mash has then uh, approached Dominus' top bad guy spotted. <laughs> Dominus says, I've been waiting. This is all for naught unless I defeat you. And Finn, watching with everyone else, is reminiscing on everything that happened, saying, you know, Mash, it's been a long journey to get here, but I just know you can win. Mash says, full speed ahead as he's going up the stairs, as they are blown up by Domina, and he falls into the abyss below. And Domina says, bye-bye, my poor, flawed, magicless brother. <clears throat> Until uh, uh, Finn is freaking out, says he can't get out of there. What's that up? Huh? He's walking up the wall? <laughs> Like, yikes, I mean, he would do that, I guess about as much, but still. I mean, Finn, at this point, he just, to the rest of us, kind of used to, well, what stupid thing will Mash do now that he shouldn't be able to do? And Mash is now near the top of where the stairs used to be, says, is that the best magic can do? Dominus says, keep talking, I'll shut you up soon enough. Which then brings us to chapter 93, Mash Bernadette and the water magic user. <clears throat> Which was not my guess of what Domino would have, but it is brutally effective. Uh, we start with Domino looking down at Mash, saying, This is the Wand of Beginnings. Whoever claims it will be this year's Divine Visionary. And we get an awesome color spread of him using uh, Poseidon in his trident to use water magic against Mash. <clears throat> and he continues, If I win this match, Father will get this wand and this world will end. How does it feel, Mash Bernadette, to know the world's going to end and it's your fault? And Mash says, it feels like that would be bad. <laughs> Dominus says, you haven't changed. The fact that Father even wants someone like you makes my blood boil. Once Father obtains his perfect form, this world will end, and every one of... Can we start the fight already? Daddy's boy. 
So Domitus summons Water Spawn to attack match. So much water. And Finn is thinking, if he's capable of controlling that much water with every attack, there's no possible defense. Imagine will be smashed against the wall. He's overcoming the force of the water with a butterfly stroke. <laughs> so Mash then uh, swallows some of the water, then uh, spits it out. Uh, Domino uses a water shield to prevent it. it. says, this barrier is made entirely of pressurized water. Try to break past it, and It split the rock? You can't get near me, meaning you can't attack me. Wave. And he summons a wave on Mash. This is too soon for you to spare, Mash Bernadette. I won't let you die until I've made you feel true pain in this fight. But, uh, in the midst of this, <clears throat> Abyss Razor has appeared to help Mash, it seems at first, but unfortunately, it's a reversal. He is now under a dark curse of my father's invention. There's no point talking to him. His brains have been hijacked. He's nothing more than a mindless killing machine. What fun. Now you can fight miserably amongst yourselves. And Mash says, I can't fight Abyss. He's a friend. And Donna says, why, it's my favorite sight. So-called friends fighting. Now you realize how little your bonds meant, and with that comes despair. Mash Bernadette. No matter how much the world loathes your eye, and this is a flashback to him talking to Abyss, no matter what others say about you because of it, my attitude towards you won't change. And Abyss says, Mash, you should run. He's impossibly strong. I'm sorry, all I can do to help is stop myself. I may be weak, but please allow me to remain your friend until the end. <clears throat> but he's in hit with an attack from the Domino. He says, no, that wasn't right. You ruined the show. No one's going to acknowledge you if you don't play your part. When Father gets to Juan, he'll use this curse to devastate the world. Your family and your friends will cry and scream as they're forced to fight each other. Everyone turned against one another, full of hatred. I can't wait to see it. The sheer spectacle of it all. This one didn't work, though. Oh, well. I need it. And he, uh, uh, Mash, is getting into a stance to attack him. Says, this could be troublesome. He then runs forward, skipping stones to break the barrier. Uh, you can't break it just by throwing a stone at it. But he skipped it along the surface of the water barrier? He broke through? You maniac, you'll never get your way as long as I'm around. I'll kill all of you first. Which, ooh. Was not expecting that last panel. <clears throat> when I first read this. Mash is angry. And this happened a couple of times before, but this is a different kind of anger. And I don't see things ending well for Domino. So maybe Innocent Zero shows up again to intervene and protects him, uh, or uh, I think we're just going to have a brawl between the two of them in the next chapter. So that's enough for that. We'll move on to My Hero Academia, number 340, the story of how we all became heroes, part three. So we start with All Might and Hawks discussing everything uh, with trusted members, including Ragdoll, about Aoyama and everything that's happened there. <clears throat> And they're going to talk about the key points of their plan, about how they have to split everyone up in the midst of this, because they can't have All for One and Shigaraki together, because that's way too much. And if they do that, they're screwed. So we need them at least 10 kilometers apart. That's the bare minimum requirement. And talk about Dobby as well, that they have to keep him split up from everyone else too. <clears throat> And that means, yeah, not all, just them. They need every single one of the enemy's major operatives to must divide and conquer one by one, All Might says. To that end, we have to lure each of these villains to their defeat. Which is why we need a strategy to make that happen. And Tsukuchi says, you mean Aoyama? The boy is still in turmoil. Born, cor born corkless, his very life was exploited as a resource. 
Well, I sympathize, but we're weighing our own feelings against the fate of the world, and the fact remains that he turned his back on decent society. Based on my position, I have no choice but to proceed with caution. I choose to have faith in young Aoyama. I do trust his teacher, Shoto Aizawa, and they are now talking to each other. We see the Yoshi doctor again, explaining that he's okay, the bomb is not even inside of him. <clears throat> and Aizawa and uh, Aoyama are talking about how you know he wants to reward the faith his friends have to him. <clears throat> but Aizawa says, those friends of yours like to sugarcoat things, but I'll tell it to you straight. I'll have to rip out that fear that's taken in him by force. You will fight. It's the only thing you can do. I know all is lost unless we win, Aoyama says. I know that. To achieve victory, I must now be a pawn for our side, just like them, as their equal. I understand all that. Maybe we are no different than all for one, Aizawa says. That's definitely the case when, he co when it comes to how we intend to use you. That said, I won't allow you to slink off haunted by the sins and die a pathetic, quiet death. Not as long as I'm a hero course teacher and you're my student. I still have no intention of expelling you, because none of the lessons I teach my students are about living a life burdened by guilt. As ashamed and despicable as you feel, you will walk alongside the friends who still reach out to you. We will protect you. I guarantee it. Stick with them, and you'll be okay. <clears throat> says, and you're not the only person I'm putting on this path. As we see, Shinso is going to be joining in on everything as well, as he's hanging down like Spider-Man. Because Horikoshi, like me, is a huge Spider-Man nerd. Now we move on to the next chapter of My Hero Academia, this, uh, number 341. The story of how we all became heroes, part minus one. Because let's just make things complicated, why don't we? Without naming schemes. Uh, we start with uh, Toga going back to her old house, which has been run down and abandoned and destroyed and vandalized over the years by people uh, for her being a villain, for her being unacceptable to society based on her quirk, how they don't like her. Get so, you no know, one will ever accept you the way you are. You can't just live as you please all the time. Nobody, could. Oh, nobody can. She's hearing voices in her head saying, we're doing this for your own good. And she remembers how you know she just wanted to be a little bird out there. Just, you know, flying around, being who she was. But in the midst of this, she thinks, there was a dancing red sparrow on me. It does a tap dance on my tummy. Sooner or later, it rips my tummy open and dances a jig inside me. It stains me red all over, making me oh so cute. Such a pleasant dream. Makes me so happy. And she smiles, and Dobby is outside of her home. She says, never you actually had a heart nut job, but even you can get caught up in emotion, huh? She says, I was just curious about my old house. That's all. Totally normal. So, you sure, you sure you're ready for what's coming? And what might that be? I mean, us putting an end to this rotten world. A little late to ask that now. It's good. Whether we're crying or smiling, the sun will come out tomorrow. So I say, let's smile, Himiko Toga. Smiling is why we live our lives. You'll get a scalp, Toya. But that was awfully kind of you, as he has burned down her house. You know, to remove all those nasty memories. Caught. Society don't got the juice to take us down right now. And it's not kind as so much as me twisting the knife and endeavor some more. You'll be able to use it, you know, when you transform. If the person's someone close to your heart. You'll be able to use their quirk by drinking their blood. Before Machia whisked us away, I made sure to grab the original's blood. Will help that sad, sad parade to keep marching. And it is revealed that they have twice as blood, which is uh, really bad for everyone involved because he, before he died, had gotten to the point where he was basically almost an Omega level mutant. So we start over to Spinner, seeing Shigaraki has come after the midst of everything he's gone through. 
and All Might is discussing me. Yeah, All for One is discussing things with Skeptic about their own plan, and they're encouraging uh, Spinner now that he is, you know, basically the leader of the heteromorphs at this moment in time to go out and lead them. As we see, also the Sludge villain from the very beginning of the story has joined the League of Villains as well. So, wow. Uh, My Hero Academia amping things up right here. Um, 340 was one of those like necessary chapters that I kind of breezed by because, I, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about there. Um, we knew what Aoyama was going to do. He was going to try and make up for being the traitor. Uh, we knew that eventually along the way they would probably try and separate the villains from each other. So, not too much. Now, 341, it was really nice to see Toga go back to her home, reliving those memories about how she was ostracized because of her quirk. You know, everyone else has, you know, quote-unquote, normal quirks. Well, she has one that causes her to drain blood to use her abilities. So, of course, people are going to freak out and say she's a villain. And that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, of course, uh, Dobby being you know, surprisingly sweet in a moment uh, for her was something I also appreciated. And Spinner... Uh, getting a larger role is, is much needed. I wish we got a little more backstory on him outside of, you know, him being, like, ostracized for being a heteromorph, for being looking different from everyone else. <clears throat> so, looking forward to what comes next. We're going to finish tonight with One Piece. Uh, let's see. This will be chapter 1037, Drunken Dragon Bagua. So we get Kaido and Luffy are fighting, but in the midst, Kaido is drinking some sake or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. And Luffy's like, why are you drinking right now? And Kaido says, Become, because I'm having fun. You own two down below? They're having the fire festival in the city. It's the same day we have our big feast on Onigashima. The feast you and your friends so unceremoniously ruin. And he starts laughing. And Luffy says, you're totally drunk. Just don't use that as an excuse for why I beat you, you got it? Kaido says, don't be stupid. I wouldn't make myself weaker. It's a sign that I've accepted you. I wonder how long it's been since I fought someone who could truly go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me. And he goes, Drunken Dragon Pagwa, Lightning Hammered, Ragnaraku. And he smacks Luffy onto the ground as people below are freaking out. And Luffy says, man, that hurt. He's so tough. And kind of says, oh, I'll have to rebuild it, I guess. But it took five years to make it in the first place. Guess I was the one getting sloppy. I gave it everything I had, but I think I just it just wasn't meant to be. He's just Dragon Twister Demolition Gust. And Luffy is says, just leave me alone, you idiot. This is what happens to people who don't take a hint. Luffy says, This is throwing me off. He says, Take this as he hit, hits Hido, you drunk. <laughs> and Kaido then orders him to sober me up as he sends a, a beam weapon out of his mouth as Luffy calls out gum gum rock. Kundali Gatling! Dragon Swarm! And he hits Kaido repeatedly with his rubber fist. And we go over to the five elders of the world who are going over everything that's happening in Wano, uh, discussing like uh, uh, what their plans are, how things are going awry. But they also bring up something that truly fascinates me, and I have yet to see a compelling argument. I haven't looked that far, mind you, but from people like what this actually means. Uh, but they're talking about this devil fruit. It says, that fruit is only a legend now, even to us. It has not awakened for centuries upon centuries. Well, then why would the world government bother to give that one specific devil fruit another name? It's to erase that fruit's 
name from the annals of history, isn't it? As we see, Zunisha has appeared behind the world government ships that are uh, watching the situation in Wano. Now, what are they talking about here? Is Zunisha a devil fruit user? Which, I mean, I guess they're big enough to be above the waves so they wouldn't sink like every other devil fruit user would in the water. Um, are they saying it's something to do with Zoe? Like someone there has a devil fruit? Or I'm very confused by this, and I I'm glad I'm confused because it's adding something that I wasn't thinking about. It's a complete curveball, like in a good way. I was not expecting uh, Zunisha Enzo to appear in this arc, uh, even though they've made a point, Oda's made a point to say that they and Wano have had history for years of working together. So this is a very nice inclusion in the midst of, you know, the hundreds of characters that are fighting right now. To have to keep track of more proper nouns, which is always my favorite thing. But this has hyped me up a bit, even though I'm completely confused as to what's going to happen next. And like I said, I like that. So, I do believe that's about it for today. Yep. So, uh, we are the Starving Writers Guild. We are writers helping other writers. Uh, you can find us on the website, uh, starvingwritersguild.com. You can also find our work. We are uh, MC Ashley, John Transylvania, and Barbara Page at Amazon.com, as well as our website. Uh, please, do feel free to leave a five-star review of the podcast so that people can be reached a little better. It helps us with being found in the algorithm, as I've tried to test before. It's kind of hard right now with where we are, so that's just how it is. Uh, thank you again for everything, and until next time, see ya.